Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Hello and welcome to Life Hacks Live. We're hanging out with Gary Vaynerchuk at Rise 2017 in Hong Kong. Gary, welcome to Life Hacks Live. We are gonna solicit questions. Let us know your questions in the comments below. We'll do our best to get them over to Gary. Gary, what we're gonna do is take turns spinning this wheel right here. It's gonna this land wheel. this wheel right here. It's gonna land on a corresponding color. Okay. It's gonna be something like career, Fine. which it looks like we're starting off on career, obstacles, routine, have yes. you. Um, and it's a pre-written question. So Let's the discussion is all being driven by this wheel right here. First one, career. If you could change one early career decision, what would it be? I realized that Google AdWords were a thing and bought every key term in the wine business for my e-commerce business, winelibrary.com, in the beginning, the day Google AdWords started. But I didn't spend all the money on it. It was the foundational piece of the success of my business. In the same way that eBay and Amazon were actually built by Google AdWords, more than people realize, the big mistake I made was I kept spending on print and radio and direct mail. I should have taken all the money and poured it into Google AdWords, my business would have grown from three, to, instead of three to 60, it could have been three to 200. But you got some key words, right, early yes. on. What was it, wine? You have the, the word wine, wine itself for five cents a click should have taken more of my money than it did. It was more of me tripling down on a special moment. That was no question the early career mistake. I was right but I wasn't right enough by going all in. And now how much does wine cost per click? Four, five, six, seven, eight dollars, depending on the time of year. Wow, a all click. right, Give All right, let's spin. do this. Let's do this. Here we go. Routine. Routine, Yep. that's a good one. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? First of all, what time do you wake up? I wake up at six o'clock in the morning, uh, and the first thing I do is I grab my phone, and I take it to the bathroom, and I read my news while I take a poop. First thing I did. <laughs> did I even on Sundays? Even on Sundays? Yeah, I poop every day. <laughs> but this, okay, fair. But but, but the yes, six a.m. Uh, no, sometimes on the weekends I try to squeeze in time. But like the punchline being, obviously I'm making some jokes. Is I will consume my email, my texts, and my social engagement from my audience before anything else that I do. Before I work out. Before I even leave my bedroom. Where is your phone when you sleep? Right next to me. On airplane mode, on, is it vibrate? Uh, on silent, I'm, I'm, I'm silent. Uh, I am always within arm's reach of my telephone of every moment of my life. Anytime you detox, one hour, two hours here, here and I there? I mean, yeah, when I watch the New York Jets for three hours, I don't care. Uh, Except you're live tweeting that. Yeah, no, never. <laughs> never. You know that? I will ne no. I'm fully focused. Uh, I detox when I do stuff like this. I'm focused on this, fair, fair. Uh, but I don't need a detox from it because I love it, and if I do, then I, there was a vacation three years ago where I put it in the safe for the whole week. Like, I'll mix it up. I'm not crippled by the political correctness of detoxing from technology. Yeah, yeah, all right. Go ahead. Give it another spin. All right, we've got another career. Another career. The wheel has spoken. In 2006, a, a VaynerMedia Thrillist invite was at the center of a controversy yes. because it sought attractive females and models only. Now, you immediately apologized yes. and took, took credit for, not credit, excuse me, no. you took responsibility yes. for this. Uh, but what have you done to prevent something like that from happening again? I am not JVing with any other organization on any event ever again. Thrillist hired a third party party presenter. They hired somebody else. I mistakenly now went and took responsibility as a CEO because I didn't realize how lazy the media was 
and how they would twist that story. I had more respect for the advertising and business world media and thought they would do their homework for a second and realize how little I had to do with that. That was my mistake. And the things I've done to adjust that is I will no longer JV with other organizations to throw parties because there's no reason for me to take a loss on my column for something that I didn't have anything to do with. Is all controversy good controversy? Absolutely not. The fact that there are people running around the world that think that I would send an invite to attract the females for a business is one of the most devastating moments of my career. I'm absolutely not. I do not believe that all controversy or attention is good. Uh, Hitler has full attention and awareness. It's not for something good. So no, I don't believe that all attention is good. And uh, as you can tell by the energy of my response, it's a disheartening event that I've learned from and I will not let somebody else have any impact on my brand if I can help it. Great. All right, all you. Obstacles. Obstacles. All right. What's the biggest challenge you see for yourself over the next year? Uh, I'm crippled by opportunity and I'm aware by that, right? I'm in a place right now where there's so much being thrown at me uh, from a personal brand standpoint, from a business standpoint, from an investing standpoint, from a life standpoint. So the biggest obstacle right now is being very good at my yeses and my notes. When you're at a place where you've built for a long time for all these opportunities, you know, uh, now it's gonna be my decision making. And, uh, and we'll see what happens. You're a storyteller at heart, right? No question. With so many platforms and you know Instagram stories versus Snapchat, how do you decide every time you reach for that phone where, it, where it's going? Pretty intuitively, my mood. I, I like to be countercultural. Right now I'm spending a ton of time on Snapchat because I think people read headlines and thinking there's not that much attention there and I have enormous growth there right now. So I'm quite intuitive and I like to go countercultural because it's supply and demand. It's supply and demand of attention. Right? And to me, I'm always looking for where places are underestimated and I'm trying to squeeze out of that. Alright, let's give it a spin. Oh. Uh-oh. He broke the yes. wheel. Too much energy, Gary. I mean, I'm let me just tell everybody at home while he's fixing this. He, when we got here, was like, Gary, this is how you spin it. Be very careful. I find it very exciting that he broke the wheel, not me. You loosened it up. <laughs> I respect. Alright. Alright, feel good? It, give it another right, go, there. We go there. Routine. Right, routine. Here we go. When do you get your best ideas? I get my best ideas when I'm in the shower or on an airplane. They're the two places where I'm being less hurt, especially if that plane doesn't have Wi-Fi. I mean, the truth is your best ideas come when you don't hear noise and you have a chance to breathe. I never breathe, so even on vacation I struggle to breathe because I, I yearn for the action. Uh, and so when I am forced to breathe, non-Wi-Fi flights and the shower literally are the places where I get my best you ideas. Do you ever force yourself to have that disconnected no. time? No, I have enough showers <laughs> and enough flights with no Wi-Fi that I don't feel like I have to force it. Perfect, all right, all you. All right. Obstacles. Obstacles. You immigrated to the U.S. from the Soviet Union. What challenges did you face and how has the landscape changed for immigrants today? Uh, you know, look, I was four years old, so for me to say I faced a lot, what I had to face was not having my dad around. You know, he worked every hour. Uh, what I had to face was being the first generation, only one born in the old country, so the expectations for me to hustle and grind and work around the house and take care of my siblings was pretty high. 
Uh, the biggest one I had to face was I was a bad student and that's unheard of for immigrants because education's the way out. I think the landscape has changed for immigrants the way it's changed for all of us, which is we've never had so much opportunity. The internet has created ungodly amounts of opportunity. And so I think immigrants have it better than ever, no matter where they immigrate, because it's not about the establishment giving them a chance, the internet gives them a chance. And so I think uh, the biggest change is opportunity has grown, not decreased. And what immigrants have is humility and work ethic because they're starting from the bottom often, often, and I think that's their biggest advantage. Is the US still what it was when you first came here in terms of the, the difference, the gap in opportunity that it, it, it brought? To I came in a very funny window. We came in the late 70s when very few people were actually immigrating to the US. Uh, is it different? The economy was bad. We came in the late Carter years and then we walked into the Reagan growth era. I think that the, you know, look, it depends on what kind of immigrant you are. Unfortunately, there's a lot of hate and fear in the system right now. So if you are an immigrant from a Middle Eastern country to the US, it's, I'm very sad to say that there are new dynamics that are challenges to you uh, that are devastating. The great news is an, a, uh, a, uh, a small-minded, uh, non-educated, hate-monger, right, can't stop you from building your business the, and I don't allude, and by the way, I just want to make this clear, I'm not talking about a president, I'm talking about a boss or an educator, somebody who thinks they can stop you. Nobody can stop anybody in today's environment. So I would say that it's, it's uh, I think it's better in the U.S. for an immigrant than it was when I came. Obstacles. obstacles. We're burning through this pile. All right, what's one challenge you think every young person should experience? Uh, I think every young person should experience genuine adversity. I think we're living through a terrible era of parenting where parents are so micromanaging their children and trying to protect them from adversity, which is then creating such a vulnerability to that youth in the reality of the world. So I think every child should experience getting punched in the face. You talked a little bit about yesterday about emotional intelligence. Yes. How, how does one have high emotional intelligence when it's so easy, right? If you had a bad day, you go on your phone, right? And you go on, on social media. I don't know. You know, one thing I pride myself in is talking about things I understand. How we develop emotional intelligence, I just don't know. Here's what I can tell you. It really matters. And people's skills matter. And I'm sure there's ways to teach young kids examples of empathy and gratitude. I just haven't thought about it enough to give you a proper answer. All right. Your right, turn? Me, right? Yep. One more obstacles. It's a good one for you though. I think, Listen, I, I think love obstacles. Love to hear about, it's way yeah. better than balance. I'm like, do not be balanced. Do not be balanced. Truly innovating is easier said than done. How do you keep VaynerMedia from running out of ideas? I, I think that's very easy. All I have to do is still be the CEO. I'm only in the ideas business. I'm only in innovating. I am petrified of my own success. I know that every day that we have more success is one step closer to failure. Like, so I am, a, I am in such a great place on that question. I spend all my time on ideas pretty much all the time 
and could never imagine of running out of them. They've been the tried and true aspect of my 20 year career. So as long as I'm running the business, that will never stop because it is my religion. And do you, do you ever find it difficult to keep your staff hungry, the D-Rocks, the Tylers? How do you make sure that they don't get, you know, after a year or two, get sort of comfortable in? By suffocating, by not allowing alternatives. Like, this is how I trade, and uh, by firing if they're not on board. It's a dictatorship. Like, I will not allow my employees to dictate the behavior of me. That is not strong leadership, and uh, I will not fire them blindly. I'll encourage them and mold them in the right direction, but... Uh, if they are not inspired to innovate, deliver on the ideas or come up with their own, they're a vulnerability and they've got to go. And you said yesterday that culture isn't about bean bags, cool tables, yes. free snacks. No, what, it is what not. What is it about? What is a good office culture? How do you do it? It's about making everybody who works for you feel like they're being heard. And that's a very difficult thing. As a matter of fact, I have a vulnerability right now. I have an aggressive open door policy. The problem is people aren't taking me up on it because they're scared of taking up my time or just scared of talking to the CEO. So now I have to adjust. I have a very hardcore plan in 2018 to force engagement one-on-one because what I've been doing for the last three years isn't working. Only a small percentage feels heard. I need way more to feel heard. I can't rely on them to being heard. So now I have to force it. Right. Let's do another spin. Maybe we'll get some balance. Leadership. All right, it's a new one. Are people born or made leaders and why do you think that? I think they can be born and made. I do think that parents can create a lot of environment around young children to encourage leadership, but I think that when they're made, they have a limited upside. I think anything that is made has limited upside. I think anything that is born has ultimate upside. And so, now, if you were born with it and then you were made for it, you end up being Kobe. Good job. You know what? Let's just give it another little. All right. It was... Dude, obstacle, <laughs> obstacles are obsessed. No matter how. Dude, I love this. It makes me happy. How do you handle online trolls? Uh, with empathy and respect. If somebody thinks I'm a jerk or I'm stupid or I'm wrong, I want to understand why. I am blown away by people's audacity to take anybody that disagrees with them and call them a troll. And, and I do that when people use vulgar language, offend my family, I don't care. If they are pushing against me, there's rationale, and I want to deploy empathy and respect, which I think has been a very powerful variable to why I've been successful. And it's, it's hard right now, right? We're in our own echo chambers of our own, of our own life. Yes. So are you seeing more and more of that people that don't have empathy, whether you, know, you deal with them online or yeah, I mean, in your day-to-day life? Oh, empathy is, empathy is a shortage, which is why it's so valuable. Uh, people don't have enough self-esteem and uh, respect and uh, patience to deploy empathy. And so, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a very powerful thing. Spin it. Yep. Routine. Routine, orange. How much time do you spend on social media? How long before sleeping do you stop? Uh, I usually stop immediately before sleeping. I probably lose 30 to an hour every night because I can't get off. So I will always do social right before I go to sleep, almost always, one quick last glance in case I miss something. Uh, I spend anywhere between 20 minutes because it was one of those days where I just had meetings every minute and I couldn't sneak it in. On a travel day, which is half my year, I could get anywhere up to three hours, four hours. It runs the gamut. 
you go to bed, you wake up at six, what time are you usually going to bed? Midnight. Midnight, so good. That's my range, yeah. Oh, nice spin. Thanks. That was a good spin. Career. Career. How important is, good follow-up, how important is social media for young professionals to build their career? Should, does everyone have a, a good voice? No. There's a, no. Uh, it is, social media is enormous upside. Enormous upside. So not creating awareness around yourself and your businesses is a vulnerability. However, many people are introverts. Many people are better suited just focusing on their business. Uh, so I don't think it's for everyone, but if it comes natural to you, if you like to communicate, if you have narcissistic DNA, if those things come to you naturally, I'm a very big believer that you should go all in on it because all it is is media. It's CNBC. I mean, it's, 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 it's propaganda. It's brand building. It's awareness. It's imperative. Did it take you a long time to craft your own voice? No, I, uh, I'm a big believer in uh, never wavering from who you are. How many people come on CNBC and talk about pooping in the morning? Not many. You're the one I, sure. Thank you. I will never waver from telling my truths and so I committed to that early and it's made it very easy for me because I just live. And it's working out. It's working out because I have, I have skills. Like, I think it's often forgotten that before I was Gary Vee, I spent a decade building an actual business. Before I was Gary Vee, I invested in Facebook, Twitter, and Tumblr. Like, I, like, I have merit, I have depth, and that matters. I think too many people want to jump into being 22-year-old life coaches, and I think that's their vulnerability. At leadership. leadership. No balance. You've escaped all the balance questions. I don't know how you're doing it. What is the most difficult part about leading a team, especially in today's landscape? Uh, loneliness. When you're a leader, you're lonely. And cynicism. Cynicism more than loneliness. Loneliness sucks, but cynicism is devastating. When you're the leader of something, to know uh, who I am in my heart and to know how hard I try and to know how much money I leave on the table every day, to know that there are a hundred people at VaynerMedia right now that are cynical to me is heartbreaking. Cynicism of leaders is not something you're able to ever get away from because of the wiring of our fear to believe in something and to be let down. So cynicism is the... So how do you balance the I don't care what other people think versus you know, knowing when to care? Uh, by not caring what people think in the moments that you allow yourself to go down the rabbit hole of being worried about cynicism. I mean, so sort of picking and choosing what's worth caring it's, about. It's kind of going to the edge and then going completely the opposite way to then drive your rebalance and recalibration. You know, when you're here, what most people do is they try to use the energy of here and they only get to here. To me, when I'm here, I use this to then bring it to the middle. We're gonna give you a mic for the rest of this session All right. because your mic isn't, isn't performing wonderfully. Respect. Okay, so Chris, um, Angela Chan wants to I know, she's watching thing. right now, Angela yes. Chan, digital Angela. addiction, do you think it will be an issue for the coming generation? I think, Angela, that the establishment, and when I say the establishment, I mean old people, will try to make digital addiction a negative, and I think that historically, we'll look back and realize right now, our digital addiction 
is a walk in the park compared <laughs> to the digital world we're gonna live in. Angela, the robots are gonna kill us. There's a big jump from being in your phone a lot to robots killing us. So like, I, I think yes, it will be an issue because the mainstream media and old people will try to make it an issue. I don't believe it's an issue. What about robots taking over jobs? Is, is that something that should be a concern robots for younger people? taking over jobs are an issue for people that do jobs that robots are gonna take over. Like, guys, we don't feel bad for the farmers who lost their job. Like, people have lost their jobs forever. Jobs have been lost always. Jobs are always lost. So if you do something, I do not feel bad for a truck driver right now who's 29 years old and has read a headline somewhere that speaks to autonomous cars. Like, he or she knows that in 20 years, there's a very good chance that trucks are gonna drive themselves. He or she are more than capable in four hours a day educating themselves on another skill. If they choose to put their head in the sand and be an ostrich, they should face the same fate that everybody who's put their head in the sand has faced, which is losing. All right, I'm gonna give it a spin. Let's go for that. Obstacles. obstacles, I think this is the last obstacles. What's an obstacle you face that made you better at what you do today? All of them. Like, I mean, every loss, like the obstacle right now that I'm pissed that nobody takes me up on my open door policy. So I'm gonna react to it and I'm gonna force every employee to see me every six months, period, end of story. I will see them all. Every employee That's across right. New York, I London. Will, whatever it takes. I will give up all the time, I'm gonna give up five minutes, five minutes, times 800, lots of minutes. Why do, why do you think it is? You think, you mentioned people are intimidated. I think intimidated. they have empathy for me and they think I have better things to do than hear their five minutes of headaches. I don't think they realize that I want to fix every problem. I think they think I'm like every other one of their managers in the building that can't fix every problem so they don't want to hear it. I can fix them all. Uh, and, then other, and then I think cynicism and fear and lack of self-esteem and they think I care more about being Gary Vee than Gary Vaynerchuk the CEO. There's a million reasons. Right. I don't care what the reasons are. I need to fix my concept. That's an adversity that will make me better. And that happens every single day. There's been reports that the average person spends 1.7 seconds per post on Facebook. Amazing. Before scrolling to the next one, right? Okay. So James is asking, how do you stand out when people get so accustomed to that quick scroll? By understanding that people spend 1.7 seconds and then good, giving all your effort to the picture, to the preview screen, to the copy, and respecting the 1.7 seconds. Not saying, I'm so funny, I can post this video on Facebook and it's gonna work out. It's about respecting the medium and the consumer. I spend an ungodly amount of time worrying about the preview image, the copy, the time I post it, who I post it, the first word, da 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 da. You've had a very busy year expanding to Planet of the Apps, yes. um, doing a lot of big things. Cher wants to know what's the next venture for Gary Vee? Uh, Asia strategy is We're very in much- in Hong Kong. You've been very busy. I'm not here by accident. So I think Asia strategy for me is a very big 2018 thing. Tripling down on the tweaks to make VaynerMedia the ultimate uh, agency in the world. Uh, and, uh, and probably audio. I'm obsessed with Alexa skills, Google Home, Apple HomePod, my podcast, uh, audio is an obsession of mine. Wonderful, give it a spin, let's try and get that balance in there. Come on, obstacles. 
Uh, yes. God damn it. There's no more obstacles to ask. Respect. You, you've, you've conquered all the obstacles, Gary. As a CEO, you yes. know what? I'm going to skip this one. Okay. As a CEO, do you ever switch off? If so, when? No, We've already next. established. Gary doesn't switch off. On social Why? media, when do you draw a line between personal and professional? Um, mine is blurred because I'm in full control. That is not for everybody at home. Uh, I respect that you have bosses, so you have to be more careful. When I make mistakes, I lose business. When other people make mistakes, they get fired. Very different. Uh, I would say that you have to reverse engineer your organization. Some are conservative, some are not. Uh, and to me, you have to draw the line based on the reality of your business, not how you want it to be, but how it actually is. Because mm -hmm. Mark Zuckerberg talks about that a lot, right? He says, gone are the days of your work persona, your personal persona, you your family hide. persona, you have one persona. You can't hide, and listen, that's fine for Mark Zuckerberg, but I disagree with him on that because a lot of people have to play in the frameworks because they work in organizations that still dictate to them that they have to have a personal and a professional profile. Uh, but it's getting harder to hide, right? Just because you're wearing a tie in your LinkedIn profile, if you go to Vegas and throw up on everybody, people are gonna know. Marcel asks, what is the best advice you can give to this generation? That hard work is a requirement for anything that is successful. This notion, I love when kids email me, Gary Vee, you always talk about hustle and hard work, but I work smart, not hard. Four hour I, work week, right, Tim right, Ferriss? Well, listen, four hour work week, I'll get to that in a minute. My answer to that is like, that's great, Rick. I work smart and hard. Now, how are you gonna beat me, right? Four work week is an amazing title and Tim is a genius, but if you read it carefully, he's just talking about being efficient where, where you can be efficient so you can deploy. Tim Ferriss is one of the hardest working guys I know. So I think four hour work week, oftentimes because of its title, speaks to working smart and not hard. Four hour work week speaks to being efficient or automating AI or assistance or why are you wasting time in this? So that's how I see four hour work week. All right, let's get another question in there. And routine. routine. How, many, uh, how many hours of sleep do you let's get? Skip we already... that six. How much time do you spend traveling? How much time do, I, time do I spend traveling? I probably travel 100 times a year, and right, and I don't travel, and I spend all my time with my family in the weekends, so you're talking about 250 days, then vacations, you're talking about 220 days, like almost, in theory, almost half. Uh, I have four offices, London, LA, Chattanooga, Tennessee. I do a lot of public speaking as strategic ventures into how I'm, I'm not coming, I didn't speak here because, I mean, I love speaking, and when I speak, I don't speak because of the speaking fee, I speak because what is the impact on my businesses? I'm looking to establish an office in Asia. I wanna build brand equity to the environment. That's why I'm here, and I'll go and speak at a conference where there's 500 CMOs because I want it to be business development for my organization. So I'm very strategic about my travel, and I want it to all, all 94% of it is lending itself to the growth of VaynerMedia, which is my focus right now. Last question, what is a question you wish people asked on podcasts, on Lifehacks Live, that, that they're not asking? Honestly, this question gets brought up sometimes and I've always struggled with it, but I actually think now I finally know how to answer it. I want them to ask me the question that they want to ask me. <laughs> when you're an answer of questions, you don't get to choose the questions. You just have to answer them. But so, is, there, is there something people aren't talking no, about that should? people are talking because... about every single thing. I mean, you know, the answers and 
I, you know, forget about the questions. You know what I wish was going on? People actually did something with my answers. I mean, you know, I am creating enormous amount of winners. I could create a lot more of them if people stopped watching me for entertainment and motivation and started doing something with what I'm giving them. That's a great note to leave it off on. Talk thank is you. cheap, right? It is, sure is. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Yeah. We apologize thank about you. that audio no, issue. No, this was actually a benefit. I prefer it in the future, CNBC. Good to know. Next time. All right, thanks for tuning in. Podcast listeners, I really appreciate you giving me your ear. I respect it. I appreciate it. You want to one-star this shit? Cool. But if you want to five-star it, even better.